54 years ago, a delegation of Farmington businessmen traveled to the AABC meeting in Chicago in what many thought was a futile effort to bid to host the 1965 Connie Mack World Series. With their 1963 Babe Ruth World Series and the 1964 Connie Mack South Plains Regional Tournament experience behind them, the delegation presented a convincing story and won the bid by one vote. Every year in Farmington, New Mexico, we celebrate the support of the foster parents, the civic clubs, the sponsors, administrators, coaches, players, and fans that have made the Connie Mack World Series one of the finest amateur tournaments in baseball. And Carol May has been at the heart of the event for almost 20 years. And she's been involved in the Connie Mack World Series for around 40 years. I met Carol when I was hired by the City of Farmington Department of Parks, Recreation, and Cultural Affairs in 2003. I worked alongside her until she retired as the Assistant Director of the Department in 2009. Besides being the Assistant Director, Carol was also in charge of all things recreation for the Department, as well as the Administrator for the annual Connie Mack World Series. I'll not even attempt to explain the insane amount of work that goes into coordinating this tournament. Carol did it so long and so well that no one could do it better. Not even retirement stopped her tireless efforts to help the Connie Mack World Series maintain its world-class status. She stayed on as the administrator until this year. She became the new chairman, chairperson, <laughs> of the Connie Mack World Series committee. We're making a run for soda instead of coffee because Carol says coffee is for adults. <laughs> she cracks me up. This is going to be fun. We're talking about recent changes to the Connie Mack World Series. Want to see how it goes? Come along for the ride in Ken's Think Tank. Carol has known me for many years, and she's known the vehicles I've driven over the years. She had to remark on what a pretty truck I had. I explained that I got it at 505 Motorsports, and Blue Diamond Auto Spa is the reason why it's so nice and shiny. Whether you're looking for one or you already have one, 505 Motorsports and Blue Diamond Auto Spa will put you in a pretty car. Go check them out. We're driving by our new school I know, that thing is huge. It is huge. That was brought to us by AABC and the Frackers program, the Collegiate Baseball League. That was such a nice addition to our tournament this yeah. year. To have that big screen TV and have ads and have the kids' players and faces up there. One of the things I think is hysterical is we have Chick-fil-A advertising on the foul poles. <laughs> Get it? Foul? Yeah. More foul. So you were the assistant director at PRCA. Yes, I was. And not the deputy director. <laughs> no. We established that. No badge and gun for right. Carol. That, nope. It could be dangerous. It could be. It could be dangerous. It could be. I might shoot myself in the foot if nothing else. <laughs> Which I've done more than once. <laughs> have you really? In, in a not literal yeah, okay, sense. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think we all have. <laughs> In, in all those years you were at Parks and Rec, what was the craziest thing that ever happened? Hmm. I don't know if I should tell you the craziest thing that ever happened. <laughs> um, it was catching a scorekeeper in a press box after a ball game, getting it on with the players. I right. So, um, because they're young, right? They are, they, yes, they are teenage kids. And sometimes you just can't help it, I yeah, guess take over and, and 
their clothes and their uniforms and everything mm -hmm. else on a constant because they're playing on a constant yes. basis and taking them to practice taking them to their games right. having a vehicle large enough <laughs> to, to, you know if you had six players at your house not everyone has a vehicle that can transport exactly those six plus whatever else might be in your own family wow so, yeah it's a it's a huge dedication for these people when they take them on and like you said the program i don't i don't think we would have been successful for 53 years as we have been without that component of our tournament. Right. Somebody wrote a book about it, didn't they? They did. The uh, Diamond he, in the Desert? It's called Diamond in the Desert. It was written by Miles Schrag, who at the time was a sports reporter for the Daily Times here in town. So he did a lot of research on the, the history of it and uh, how it came to Farmington and talked to a lot of people that were instrumental with the program at the time with the foster family programs. He even talked to the peanut vendor. We had a yeah. we had a gentleman named Daniel who would sell peanuts outside the gate on your way in. So just like a real ballpark. Cool. So yeah, it's a it's a very interesting book if if you're interested in the World Series. The tournament's just recently undergone some changes. Was this the first year for some changes? This was the first year. I called it the World Series of Change. <laughs> uh, we we had a new marketing company, we had a new concessionaire, the home runners who had been with us for as long as I've lived here anyway, uh, turned in their letter of resignation to the Parks and Rec Department last December right. and said they were kind of tired and didn't want to do it anymore, so yeah. they went out to bid to a new concession. Um, we changed the format of the tournament, instead of being a 12-team double elimination tournament, it went to a 17-team starting with pool play and then finishing with a double elimination bracket. So we had five more teams than we had the previous year, and then teams played more games. Okay. And what what was the reasoning behind that? Uh, the reasoning was to get the level of competition up with the, the, the AABC kind of powers that we felt like our level of competition had been dropping over the years. The Major League Baseball draft signing date had moved up to earlier in the summer. Um, a lot of college coaches, when they get kids committed to them, don't want kids playing Connie Mack ball or playing summer ball. They want them to get on campus and start getting into their conditioning right. program and part of whatever they're going to be doing in college for the next few years. So a lot of the, the top talent, you know, the 18-year-olds and some of the older kids, we weren't seeing anymore because they were off committed to doing something else, so they thought, well, if we can expand the tournament, maybe we can bring back the level of competition a little, and, and it would also increase registrations in, in parts of the country where maybe they had dropped over the years. So I think one of the, the neatest things that did that was having the automatic berths with the East Cop Yankees, the Midland Redskins, and the Southern California Renegades. They were automatically in the World Series. They didn't have to play in a qualifying tournament or a state or regional tournament. Okay. They knew since November they were coming here. Right. So, for example, taking the East Cobb Yankees out of a regional tournament in that area, uh, we, we got a team from Nashville, Tennessee, which we hadn't ever had. The Florida Legends came back, which we had had them before, but it had been a number of years. So, uh, this year we got a team from Grand Rapids, Michigan, which we had never seen before. So, it was kind of fun to get some new teams that we hadn't oh. seen and some new talent. Well, that's cool. So, so yeah. So, so taking the the uh, statistically strongest team, mm -hmm. 
um, from from some of those areas that are typically here anyway um, allowed other teams to finally make it here right 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 and we had a team the Danville Hoots are from the San Francisco area in California uh, without having to play the Renegades in a, a regional tournament right. the Hoots got to come and they ended up finishing second so wow so I mean, they were had a real good team and a real good program but Sometimes you just can't make it out of a regional tournament past, yeah. past someone, but yeah, you can have a pretty good showing in our tournament once you get here. So There were multiple fields this year as well. Yes. Was, was that part of the pool play thing? Yes, that was the, in order to get 24 games in in two days, we figured out we had to use more than just Ricketts Park. <laughs> yeah. Or else maybe play around the clock. I wouldn't mind a three in the morning game. Right. I think the field crews would have been They probably would, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so we played at the sports complex on field one. We played at Worley Field, and then we played at Ricketts. So every team, because they played, they were in pools of four. You had three other teams in your pool that you played. So you had three games that you played. Everybody got to play at every menu. You had one game at Ricketts, one game at Worley, and one game at the complex. Okay. So it was kind of fair for everyone. Right. Um, a lot of people thought Worley was not going to be real exciting with the short fence and yeah. a lot of home runs. But from the, the people that were there watching, I heard a lot of the home runs that happened at Worley would have happened at Ricketts. So anyway. Wow. So they would have just been true home run shots. So I don't think it really hampered playing anyway. And not all of these teams have got to play on a field that's 400 feet like Ricketts is. You know, they'll play their summer league on a much smaller field. So it wasn't too Right. But to make it a little logistically, it was like, okay, now we need three ticket booths and we need three <laughs> concession stands and three parking lots. And yeah. So that was something to deal with, which we've never had to before. You know, the process for this tournament has been so established for so many years that yeah. you don't think about things. Right. And you go, oh, Fooey, we have to have a, we have to have a ticket booth. <laughs> we have to have a point of entry. We have to. <laughs> things that we hadn't thought about in terms of processes, we actually had to stop and think about this year for the first exactly. time in a long time. And it was fun. Did did it offer up um, more revenue opportunity for the World Series? It did. We, I haven't received the financial report yet for this year. We'll get that in October when we have our annual meeting. The one thing it did truly, and I, I've heard from a lot of people that appreciated it, our reserve seating has been sold out for probably at least 20 years, yeah. if not more. And so the pool play gave people who don't have reserve tickets at Ricketts Park an opportunity to see some good Connie Mac games right. uh, at any of the three venues without having to have the reserve seat tickets that, right. that everyone else had. So it, it opened up the experience to, to, to people that didn't have reserve tickets and they can't get them. Another new rule this year was the a pitch count. Oh. It uh, was kind of inspired by Major League Baseball. No pitcher could throw more than 105 pitches in one day. Okay. So that's an effort to protect these, what might be a million dollar arm, you know, yeah. to throw it out. Throwing too hard, too many. So are there more changes to come? Are we kind of reevaluating? We're reevaluating. Okay. Uh, one thing we are looking at is the timing. We heard that some people weren't happy about having the finals on Sunday, uh, either 
for religious purposes or you know, some people just right. think of Sunday as a family day. They don't want to go to ball games. So we are looking at maybe moving the schedule up a day in the week so that we can finish on Saturday okay. instead of Sunday. Because typically it was a Friday, right? Yeah, it used to, in the old days when it was just before pool play, we'd always finish on a Friday night, which was kind of nice. It was Friday night and then you had the whole weekend to recover after, yeah. after the ordeal. This year we had a one o'clock start on Sunday for the finals, and then we didn't play the if game. The Midland Redskins were tough and went through undefeated, so we we, we were finished by three. Right. Which was kind of nice for people to to get home and get their laundry done and get ready for the work yeah. week to start again on Monday and not be at the ballpark too late on a Sunday night. That was actually the reason we went with the one o'clock start. Typically, if it's going to rain here this time of year, yeah. it will rain in that five to sure. eight-ish time period. In fact, right. it did rain at my house that night, and I sat there smiling, going, "That's why we went at one o'clock." <laughs> That's what we always say around here when we hit our monsoon season. It yes. starts raining, and everybody's going, "Oh, must be time for Kai Mac." Yes. <laughs> and what's funny is I'll talk to out-of-towners. They think we get this much rain all the time. Right. And I tell them, no, we get no rain all year long. This is all of our rain right we now. We get eight <laughs> inches in a year, and we get six of it in this week. Yeah. There have been some, some pretty famous ball players that have come through here for Kaime. There have. Um, starting way back with uh, Dave Parker. He was a Pittsburgh Pirate way back in the 70s. He played here in the late 60s. Uh, Barry Larkin Jr., Ken Griffey Jr., uh, the Bell Brothers from the Cincinnati program, Manny Ramirez, uh, Eric Hosmer, who's playing right now with the Kansas City Royals, Anthony Rizzo, who was the first base player for the Chicago Cubs in the winning World Series last year. He was here, really? stayed in a foster family home. Wouldn't that be exciting to think, wow, I had him in my home. I, I, I washed his uniform. I fed yeah. him. I drove him to practice. Uh, he was a big brother to my kids while he was here. So yeah. That's, that's, that's the neat part about our foster family program. And a lot of those relationships continue on. They do. Way after, long after the kids have gone. They do for years and years. They'll get in our local families will be invited to graduations and weddings and you know maybe the guy gets into the real world series and right. I'll, I'll get you tickets and, and uh, some lifelong friendships have developed out of our foster family program How so that's that? really a neat thing yeah it, it's fun though I, I love the tournament I love this community I love I love how we come together at Connie Mac time and yeah. how people volunteer without volunteers without the support financially of a lot of businesses in town couldn't do it. We're a nonprofit. We have to pay our bills somehow. And yeah. we just do it through begging. Yeah. And borrowing <laughs> and stealing. It is kind of neat to see that every year. This is mm -hmm. a pretty big unifying factor for a, lo a large portion of the city. So. It is. And I know when I worked Parks and Rec, it was out. We, it was BC and AC, you know, before Connie Mac or after Connie Mac. <laughs> you know, there, there are always rumors, always, they've been going on for many, many, many years, but. Um, because there are other communities vying for this Connie Mac World Series. Is, um, is there any foreseeable future where it wouldn't be here in Farmington anymore? I don't think so. We have kind of a rolling 10-year contract, so it, it renews, you know. Every year for 10 years? So, yeah, now yeah. it's good for 20 till 2027, and next year it'll be good till 2028. Right. There are discussions every now and then of, you know, Phoenix has a lot of those, you know, 
spring training stadia that are, are nice. They're both in field. I go watch them in spring training a lot of years. But I don't know that in a city like Phoenix, if you would get the support from the community. Right. There you are one event out of a thousand that might be going on at sure. July. If you're not just the actual family of the players, are they really going right. here? I don't know. Right. Here it's kind of our thing. There's a lot of pride around. Yeah. And it's always neat to drive around town and see everybody sprucing up and, and putting Welcome Connie Map players on their little marquee signs out yeah. front. Yeah. 5% discount for players. Yeah, and the businesses, everything. So, yeah, so, yeah, the businesses get behind it. And it's exciting. Makes us the amateur baseball capital of the world. It is. Yes. Right here. Yeah. Right here. Okay. You hear that? Stay in here, people. That's right. <laughs> well, shoot, this was fun. This was fun. Awesome. Well, thanks for doing this. You're welcome. Thanks for And oh, I look forward to next year's kind. That next year is 54? Yes. 54, 54 years. This was the 53rd year. Yes, it was. We have something big for 55? Um, if we do, oh. we <laughs> You're still reeling from 53. <laughs>is a web series talk show recorded in video format and converted to audio for this podcast. Find all video and audio episodes at kinsthinktank.com. I know who you are. I know what you want. If you're looking for print and radio ads, I can tell you that's not what I do. But I do have a particular set of skills. Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a godsend for business owners like you. If you hire Ken Collins Marketing to build your website, people who look for you online will be able to find you. But if you don't, they will look for you. They won't find you. And you'll go out of business. KenCollinsMarketing.com